Welcome to the GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where we get drunk and talk about stuff. If you've been keeping up with our Discord, you'll see that uh, we've got some new stuff going on. We got a new logo kicking around there, and uh, and we finally got Zyberblood back. Uh, Damoc got his OP seat, and he he led Zyber out of the uh, out of whatever it was that smelled like Mexico. So uh, so without further ado, Zyber, how are you doing tonight, man? How you feeling? Traumatized. Did uh, did he happen to use KY or was it just straight bareback? Um, I couldn't del- tell. It was dark. It smelled, and it was very disorientating. It even sounded like Mexico. So I'm pretty sure we were in Mexico. Maybe he has some like black ops friends from his military days still, and yeah. <laughs> and we're being joined tonight by Blue Shark. Blue Shark, how you feeling, friend? I am doing lovely, ladies and gentlemen. I am looking forward to a nice, relaxing weekend where I only have to work a few hours and then just nothing but pure video games. God, that mic still sounds sexy. Thank you. And we're and we're being joined by D from Microbrew Gamers. D man, I can see that face of yours. How you feeling, guy? I'm doing all right. Got my beer, so I'm uh, I'm content. Nice. And. Uh, I, I have no clue why, but uh, it might have been the drugs I keep putting in all the the mega energy drinks he snacks for my uh, for my cabinet. But uh, we're we're being joined by Shadow Fox tonight too. Wait, I thought you were just giving me happy drugs. Yes, that's oh, what they man. are. Man, god dang it! You understand the whole concept of the kids of uh, fucking Charlie, right? You got the same drugs. Oh my god. Can we just say it's Stockholm Syndrome? Exactly. Wait, do, are you suffering from that too? That's a song written by Muse, FYI. <laughs> glad, glad to be back. So, we gotta go on the most important thing of the night. What is everybody drinking? Whoa, so, whoa, whoa, wait. What? How are you doing? How am I doing? I'm alive. Yeah, yeah. how you doing? How you doing? I'm alive. You doing all right? Yeah, yeah. It didn't seem that way earlier. Dude, you know, there's there's three things that you can put in your body that are going to make you feel better no matter what. One is Dayquil. Whatever you're feeling, Dayquil will fix it. You you got I don't know. I don't care what you got. You got like uh you got a cough, a sore throat, Dayquil will fix it. You got um herpes, it, yeah, Dayquil will fix it. You got cancer, fucking Dayquil will fix it. Penis hives, all of it. Dayquil will fix it. That's one. The second one is copious amounts of alcohol. Which, ironically, is in Dayquil's predecessor, NyQuil. Which also I've had a probably lethal dose of today. And then the third thing is meth. Penis. Well, yeah, I've tried putting penis in things, and that doesn't work. I'll try, try putting a raging penis in you. Um, is that like a... Uh, that, that sounds like, like a Broadway play, and I don't know why. I just had an, an image <laughs> of like a big... It's also an energy drink. Big guy with a penis like on stage. Oh, I was thinking you just draw you just draw an angry eyebrow and a little angry face on, a, on the tip of your dick. <laughs> I I pretty much got that kind of uh, image in my head, like a a dick with googly eyes and like an angry face. Yeah, that's exactly what I had on my in my mind. Just just be careful if you glue on the googly eyes, it hurts like a son of a bitch coming off. No, no, that's why you just wait for the glue to wear off. You don't rip those things off. You get right. two red spots right on there. <laughs> I mean, I've heard, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard that. That's not like, yeah, definitely a heard thing. Yeah. So, D, what are you drinking with us tonight, man? I'm actually drinking some more because I bought a whole case of it. The uh, Berkshire Brewing Company's Lost Sailor IPA. It's an Indian Pale Ale. 
it's only got about, I think it was 40 IBUs, and it's 5.8% uh, alcohol. It's actually pretty good. I'm starting to dig these IPAs. I was always typically a sweet beer type person, like a, a wheat beer or a Hefeweizen, but I'm starting to really dig the IPAs the more I drink them. Very nice. Yeah, dude, I, I'm... I'm the same way, man. I uh, I never touched IPAs until probably this show, and I started picking some up because I asked somebody, "Hey, I want like just a good beer with some flavor. Give me something They're like IPA." I'm like, "Oh God, you know, I'm I'm not really a hoppy person." They're like, "No, no, check them out. I have this one." And I forget which one it was, um, but then I tried it, and then I went back to the 60 minute, the 90 minute IPAs, and and the the floodgates opened right up. The cool thing about the uh, Lost Sailor IPA is they got some malt with the hop, so it balances like sweet and bitter. A little bit. So it's a, it's a really nice, it's not like too sweet, it's not too bitter, it's just something that's kind of crisp and refreshing, so it's it's very nice. Awesome. See, I liked something like that, but I don't know how the hell you guys got past the bitter taste. Like, how, how do you, how, do, how did that come about, like, between both of you? Like, what did you do? Or Zyber, too, you like IPAs? I love IPAs. It's, I don't know, I, I, I just... Tastes good. I like grapefruit. Yeah, I think it was the citrusy tones for me. Um, and it wasn't It wasn't like I picked up. It was like my first Guinness. I didn't like Guinness my first Guinness. I didn't like Guinness my second Guinness. I didn't like Guinness probably my 50th Guinness. I tried Guinness every single year, one single Guinness around my birthday from like, I don't know, 16 on up. And it was finally on my 21st birthday. I was sitting out there and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. It's time to try one again. I picked it up, I took a swig off it, I was sitting in a TGI Fridays in Albany, New York, and I was sitting with a bunch of my ITT uh, tech buddies and sit there, picked up picked up the Guinness, took a sip off of it, and I went, oh my God, where have you been all my life? And from that moment on, it was like, <laughs> that's all I drank for about five years was Guinness. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it, it was to the point where, uh, where literally I was drinking so much Guinness, I'm, I'm pretty sure that one of the guys tried to tap me as a keg. <laughs> that's the reason what about you D I think it just comes from my uh, six years of being in army I just turned into a bitter human being so it just tastes like status quo <laughs> <laughs> alright alright <laughs> so Shadow Fox what are you drinking over there man uh, I'm going to keep this tradition going where I just take a shot with you guys for funsies so crack open the Sailor Jerry again so let's go with that. Thank God it's not Fireball. It's an improvement, sir. I I'm happy about this. From yeah. Okay, so, so before I do this, last weekend I was drinking Fireball pretty much nonstop the entire weekend, every night, thanks to you guys. And uh, yeah, I don't want to touch Fireball for a while. Shadow, can I call you Charlie? Good choice. Sure. Drink up. We have that effect on people. It's, it's really Cheers. weird. I don't know. It's... Maybe just because we're like we're professional alcoholics, so we kind of like people come in here and they're like, "Hey, so," and we we always tell them, "Hey, you know, you don't actually have to drink, right? Like we're drinking because that's what we do, but you don't actually have to." And everybody's like, "No, no, I'm good." Glug, glug, glug. Next thing you know, hey, are they are they okay? Are they alive? Yeah, I can hear them breathing. We're good. <laughs> and that's why I generally only take a shot with you guys. For all you non-alcoholics out there, translation: Fireball equals cinnamon flavored. Yeah. It's called cinnamon for the non-alcoholics. Yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Three nights in a row of Fireball. Thanks, guys. It's too much candy and too much burn. Yeah. I like I, I like good good tasting stuff, and Fireball. Is not Talk there. to me when you drink a couple bottles of that and get sick. <laughs> Complain about Fireball. No, thank you, sir. Oh, there it is. So Zyberblood, what are you drinking with us tonight, man? 
I am drinking another uh, lovely, lovely brew from Pipeworks. It is Raspberry Truffle Abduction. Um, it is a Imperial Stout uh, brewed with raspberry and notes of uh, vanilla added. Um, there's a little bit of a chocolate taste to it. Um, it, it comes in at a 10.5. Stockholm Syndrome! Abduction. Yeah, I was about to say, was it called abduction and the abductee is... Never mind, I'm done. (laughs) Damoc. (laughs) Nothing, we're just glad to have you back, Zadra. No more abductions with you. (laughs) Ha ha, fuck you guys. (laughs) I know, I I choose a beer after being abducted and it has a... Jesus fucking Christ. Good job. You know what? I don't, I don't. I don't know if you planned that or if that just happened to fall into place like that. But that was amazing. It, it just happened. Yeah, that was amazing. I wanted to have this the last show, but I already spent eighty bucks on beer the last show that I was on. And yeah, I couldn't get it, so I got it this time. I was like, hey, I could try it. And then I was like, right now, shit. Yeah, after being abduction abducted, I'm drinking abduction. Fuck it. Live it. It's the Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Hey, it's 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 called embracing it. You're you're embracing the situation. This is really good. It doesn't even taste like a stout. It tastes more like a raspberry wine, and you're eating chocolate while you're drinking this raspberry wine. Would you Ooh. say that it tastes and smells like Mexico? No, it is very far from tasting and smelling like Mexico. Could taste and smell like Amsterdam. Hmm. Blue Shark, what are you drinking with this time, man? So, I went on a little adventure this past weekend um, to a local distillery. Uh, I think it's the only distillery that they have in the state of Florida currently. Um, at least the only one that makes bourbon in Florida. They didn't try to tap you, did they? No, they didn't try <laughs> to. Uh, but it's called the St. Augustine Distillery, and I thought they only made rum. Uh, they don't. <laughs> they make rum... Uh, they make bourbon and they make gin. Um, and I'd have to say, if you're not a fan of gin and you see St. Augustine Distillery and it's got a bottle of gin on there, you know, and one of these liquor stores that you go to, try it. It tastes so much better than Bombay or Tangeray or whatever the hell. It's not dry and it's it's more floral. Um, but tonight. I have their bourbon, and it's their particular bourbon that they only sell at their distillery. And it is the port-finished bourbon. Now, this thing's aged for 16 months. Um, When I tried it after five drinks, um, I tried the regular bourbon before this, and then I tried this. Um, It tasted very good. Um, I had it. I'm on my second glass. My first glass started out all right with um, probably about 10 drops of water. And then halfway through the glass, I'm like, yeah, this needs more water. It's starting to burn again. Um, You know, it doesn't have like a red hue to it. It's got that amber color to it. But in a snifter glass, it's after a pour from a closed bottle. You smell the alcohol, unfortunately. Um, and then you smell the caramel. 
Um, then you put 30 drops of water into it and you don't smell the alcohol as much after it's been sitting for, for a little bit. And the taste starts off with um, a nice um, little tingle on the tongue. And then it uh, goes into a sweet kind of a vanilla taste. And then it finishes off with something that I'm not familiar with because I have never tried port wine before. But it finishes off with some kind of a strong, robust taste, which makes me think of... um, If I had to compare it to a wine that I've had, I would say Chardonnay um, or a Cab. Actually, yeah, I'd probably say Cab. Interesting. Cab would be better. Um, So it's it's good, um, but um, I think they would benefit from maybe some more aging. Maybe that would help mellow it out. But... uh, Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't suggest drinking it straight up with nothing in it. I would diffuse it with some water. Um, So would you say you're having a hard time dialing in how many drops? Yeah, um, so I don't have an actual dropper. I have an acrylic straw, as you can see here. And I basically (laughs) filled it up to about here. Uh, So basically, I would say if I had to quantify it based off of doing drops with this thing before, I would say I probably put about 30 in here because I I, I pretty much filled up that straw and went dupe and filled up another one and went dupe and then added a couple more in. So you've actually gone past what is called a drop of water and you've gone into a splash of water, which is actually a very common thing to do with some boozers. They will order a specific booze and say like tonic and water or scotch and water and they'll actually put a splash of water in there versus some drops you know some drops open it up and then some when you like uh, shadow did you try the cooper's choice that i got damoc from england uh no i did not have a chance to try that okay so cooper's choice uh it was a 1998 i think vintage um it was. It's got. It's cast strength, so it's really, really strong, and it's, it's got a bit of a burn to it. That would be one of those that I would say you add a splash of water in, or you would order with water to almost dilute it down to forty percent, so it's a little bit more palatable. Or at least uh, cleanse your palate after each sip. Well, no, not necessarily cleanse it. Just really, the, the logic behind it is you actually dilute it down to a more palatable um, alcohol concentration. So what's the what's the ABV on there? ABV. What's the alcohol content? <laughs> yeah, weird. actually, that's this is part of the reason why I've looked at it now. Um, why I've had to do it because this is dr- kind of like it, now that I think of it, I'm thinking of wild turkey. I used to <laughs> sit at my desk in college on a weekend during like spring break or um, or during like the summer breaks, and I would have a glass of wild turkey with a splash of water and I'd write for an, uh, about two or three hours and I'd just drink that little glass of it um, and I would just sip on that. This is 102 proof. So yeah, I would dilute it down. I really think that the distiller, if I could go talk to him again, I would talk to him about dropping the proof I, I would think that would benefit from it. And I think that, I mean, this isn't blended. This is a single barrel. Um, 
I think they could benefit from maybe aging it a little bit longer to really, I think it could pull in some more flavor. But I mean, they're a small operation, you know, this is, this is a micro distillery, you know, they, they only, they do, do, they do this all by hand, they bottle by hand, and it's, I think the guy said they get out maybe 500 something bottles in a day versus the major ones getting substantially more in like an hour. Well, that's like that Cooper's Choice I was telling you about. Um, that whole run of that bottle, I think it was only like 487 bottles or 512 bottles. So it literally all that was made of that specific one was that amount. Like there weren't a mass produced of it whatsoever. So, yeah, and that's what this is. This is kind of a, um, this is like a crafts, um, you know, liquor. Um, because this is something that you can't get in the store. Like I said, you have to go to the distillery and purchase it from them. Oh, and the funny thing is, is, uh, I'm only allowed, uh, six bottles in a month or in six months after that, um, I can't get any more. So they get around it by essentially what you see here is you see a, um, uh, a sketch of the distillery on the bottle back. Okay. Yeah. And what they would do instead is they would replace this pitcher with another pitcher. So it's the exact same alcohol. <laughs> it's just the bottle looks different. So it's a different label nice and that's an extremely intelligent idea to get around these florida laws that they have going technicality well what i am drinking this evening is uh is actually a tried and true uh sick man's staple at least in in my household growing (laughs) up because i am actually i don't know if hopefully you can't hear it in my voice but i am horribly horribly sick but uh it is hot whiskey and lemon oh okay so I had this monkey shoulder, and I really don't like the taste of monkey shoulder for some reason. Um, don't know why. Possibly the person who bought it. I don't either. It's gristly. But uh, but yeah, I just took some some monkey shoulder, and I warmed it up and threw some lemon juice in it, and uh, it's a it's a tried and true staple of getting yourself well. Now is that fresh squeezed, or is that from the bottle, like lemon juice concentrate? Usually I like to use fresh squeezed, but unfortunately, my current state, I didn't want to go all the way to the store to go get it. So I just poured some lemon juice out of a bottle into it. How does how does that taste to you? It tastes exactly like I remember it. It's going to get me tired and make me pass out. And you learned a valuable lesson not to lick my arm. Uh, no, I'll still do that again. Let's get this straight. Zyber has put forth a contract on Cecil and Damoc being the GNA podcast wet work man has executed that contract and transmitted some sort of virus to Cecil. I would never put a contract out on Cecil. Bullshit. Never in a million years. I put one out on D or uh, shadow, but never, never Cecil. Whoa. How have I angered you? What about that time that you attempted to have me <laughs> killed by um, by too many shots at that strip club? Dude, pussy was involved. It was fair game. Uh, <laughs> so apparently we had to get pussy involved in your life and you won't threaten to kill us. But he just may try in the process. Note to self, sending a pocket pussy to Zyba.
Or a flashlight. Hey, mine broke. I know of one that was stolen in Alabama. <laughs> that? Mm -hmm. All right, well, we got to move on because we got some, uh, we got a bunch of stuff to go over tonight, uh, as well as some a little bit off the topic, but kind of right down the drunken level. Um, state of games today, or, or, or how I like to say it, the state of games. So your personal how you feel games are today, what you're playing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So why don't we do that, uh, why don't we do that in a little bit of reverse order. Blue, what's your state of games today, man? Um, I've, uh, made an effort to play more this week than I did last. Um, I've been playing more, um, okay, so let's, let's go up, let's start off with towards the end of the week. I've been playing more Monster Hunter World. I'm enjoying it. I've gotten to the fifth zone. Um, got to hunt some more monsters. I've done some screwing around. Just, there's this big ass monster in this one area and he's like an ice dragon and I'm like I'm going to try to kill you even though I don't got a mission to do that yet and I fought him for probably about an hour and a half and um, I he kept like fleeing from the area like I couldn't kill him fast enough um, that was actually entertaining albeit frustrating now my girlfriend does not play video games in the sense that I play video games. I play shooters. I play RPGs. I play a lot of games with usually levels of violence in them, either swords or guns of some sort. She likes racing games or anything that's got Disney in it. Uh, but she... I gave her a list and I said, "Here, I want you to try this. We're going to we're going to remove racing from the list of options cuz I want you to try something different. You know, kind of branch out." Man, that's racist. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's racist. So, I I she I gave her some games and then I like I went through the menu list and I kind of gave her the idea of like here's the synopsis of the story and here's what you're doing this is what the type of the game it is she actually picked Don Clancy's The Division she struggled with it I struggle a, with it that's a tough one to jump a, right into it, it is because she's used to a racing game moving you know very simplistic in its concept of controls and what you're doing um, with that I was kind of surprised I was like alright I'm not going to deter you from trying this and I sat there and I gave her coaching tips and I told her, you know, like, well, here's some good advice to how to move around and stuff. I bet she gave her coaching tips and yeah, giggity. Um, so, uh, she, she kind of was like, yeah, it's all right. And I, we, and she came over this past weekend and I was like, well, let's try playing another game. I'm assuming you bet don't want to continue with Tom Clancy's. She said, no, I don't want to play it. So I got the idea. I remember a game that I have not finished and actually, thanks to her playing with me, we got past a part that I had been stuck on, which is very much <laughs> in the beginning. It's Ubisoft's um, little studio, creative studio, called uh, Child of Light. Oh, nice. I've been meaning to play that. It's a side-scrolling RPG. Like, I've got to explain to her the simplistics of the skill tree in there, and, you know, we've been doing the, you know, reading through the storylines, and she loved it. She couldn't play for a long time because she's, you know, I guess it started to bother her head or her eyes or something of the sort. But um, she had a lot of fun with that. And I'd have to say that that was 
probably like my favorite gaming experience this week was sharing that with her. So let me just get this straight. I want to make sure I have this all running correctly in my head. Go. In regards to Child of Light, you had trouble finishing and your girlfriend helped you? Giggity. Yes. Okay, just making sure. I think they make a medication for that. Cut out that clip, remove Child of Light, and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I I unfortunately well, I excuse me, I fortunately do not require any Cialis. Oh God, you, you don't know you don't know how to live, man. You always gotta pop right. a few of those in her drink. The funniest thing is there were kids in high school that were getting Viagra. It's it made no sense to me whatsoever. One of my high school classmates got actually arrested because he was at a park after hours, and they caught him on that in possession of Viagra without a prescription. So, giggity? Yeah, but he caught him. Quick story. You guys know what Viagra started off as, right? Heart medication. Yeah, blood thinner. No, it was yeah, a vessel stuff. dilator. Yeah. yeah, it helps with the heart. Yeah, it, it helps mm-hmm. get blood to the different areas of the body. Yep. They happen to find that a side effect of this drug was you get a boner. Boom. Which was important because at the time, if you had ED, you basically couldn't get it out. But it wasn't ever yeah. designed as an ED drug. It was designed as a vessel dilator, and they started giving it to the test groups, and they found out, well, hey, these guys are sporting wood a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then they realized, hey, we got a boner drug. All right. And then they had that those commercials with that one guy with a big-ass smile on his face. Yeah, until he ended up with a priapism. Now we have Dick's Out for Damoc. Dick's Out for Damoc. So, D, what's your state of games? Well, the other night, wife and I were actually playing uh, Stardew Valley together. Nice. Great game. It's it's actually a surprising amount of fun. I thought, you know what, I'd, I'd never really liked the um, uh, the Harvest Moon series. Just never got into it. Wife really wanted to try it, so I picked up Stardew Valley a, a while back, and then she got addicted, and then I played it, and I was like, damn, that's actually pretty addictive and good. Yeah, they have to never yeah. put in a multiplayer facet of that game, because if they do, it's over. Like, I, I could peel myself away from that game finally, but if they put multiplayer under it where I could hang out with people and play it and talk to them and play it, I... They're actually working on that right now. And that is how the end of the world happened. No joke. Yep, I was about to say right what uh, D just said, and I'm right there with you, man. It's over. Yep, so uh, we'll probably all end up uh, uh, skin and bones and, and, and festering and playing this game nonstop. Yeah, and I have it on three systems. We were playing it on the PS4, and I also did crack into the uh, Monster Hunter World. I picked that up. Oh, tell me your experience with it, because I've heard everybody's experience so far. Tell me what yours was. I'm actually really enjoying it. The uh, graphics are fantastic. Um, the audio is great, and uh, it's it's the uh, controls are great, and it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, are you doing a, a video review of that? I don't know. I might. I wasn't planning it. I was just playing it to play it. Hmm. All right. What uh, What's your weapon of choice currently? Uh, currently, I haven't gotten very far, so it's still one of the earlier weapons, but it's the gigantic sword. <laughs> okay. I, I like the gigantic, uh, you know, meat cleaver. I'm thinking because it's so slow, I'm thinking about switching over to sword and shield for a little bit more speed. All right. but Very cool. Very cool. 
Yeah, I just uh, got in a bunch of parts for uh, modding some old school systems too. So I just uh, got that in from Handheld Legend. They do a really good job with parts. So I get a bunch of the uh, back lights, front lights, you know, for the Game Boys, Game Boy, uh, Game Boy Colors. I'm going to try to uh, mod pretty soon a uh, Neo Geo Pocket. Yeah, just playing around with some of the old school and the retro. Very cool. Yeah, we got to do a retro. Um, we got to do a retro night where we just talk about some of the old school games. Absolutely. I, I got into a conversation over on uh, over on Battle Sloss uh, Discord server, and we were just. Uh, I think it was Chaz. He was over in our. He was in our game night. Um, or Chaz, or however the hell he, want, he wants me to say his name. I'm probably saying it wrong, but that's all right because I'm doped up on so many drugs I can say anything. But uh, we were, he was asking about like what was your favorite single player. Because we were talking about multiplayer games. He's like, yeah, but what's, what's everybody's favorite single-player game? And we started going down this nostalgia route. Um, and to the point, I found a website where I can go play all my old retro games, like all the old PC retro games, uh, in my browser. I was playing Flashback Quest for Identity in my browser last night, the original one. Oh, nice. I was so friggin'... Like, I, I, at, at 10 o'clock, because I wasn't feeling well last night, I'm like, hey, you know what? I got to kick out of this. I got to go I gotta go to bed. I got to drink some NyQuil. I just got to force myself to pass out. And uh, I found this. I, I, I got out of chat, and I don't think I ended up getting in bed until like 11, 12 o'clock. I'm like, god damn it. I think you should post that on our uh, lounge of Discord so everybody can go take a look at that link because it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll post it over. There's like five thousand. Had all the all the King's quests, all the space quests. Uh, I think King's Quest Two was missing. Oh, great! There goes my night. I, I know, I know. It's just, it was just <laughs> it was absolutely friggin' amazing. Like I, I was I was getting a nerd boner from it. It was it was amazing. So Cyberblood, what do you? Uh, what's your state of games today? Uh, my state of games. Well, I. Been working on Dark Souls because of uh, Stainsby Kingsby. The challenge. Um, his his thing to us. I've been trying to devote myself to that, and also been kicking into uh, South Park. Stick of Truth. Um, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying Stick of Truth. It is hilarious, fucking hilarious. I've got to get that game. You know, I've been telling yeah. myself for years I've got to get that game, and I never have. And everybody says how great it is. Through our uh, lovely friends over at um, Humble, I got uh, the Fractured Butthole, which I'm going to crack into right after I finish Stick of Truth. Nice. Nice. And we are a Humble Bundle partner now, so keep an eye out for those links. Um, You can always put on anything if you want to support the GNA Podcast and you go to Humble Bundle. Just put question mark equals GNA Podcast, all one word, lowercase, at the end of whatever link you are on Humble Bundle. It'll kick over to us and it'll let us know that you're supporting us. And we thank you for considering supporting the wonderful GNA Podcast. Oh yeah. Rock on. So, uh, Shadow, what's your state of games, man? Still playing The Witcher? So I'm on this this fence line uh, mainly because of you and Daymok, and you've been doing this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth over what co-op game we're going to play, and uh, it's got me thinking of... So last week I actually talked about how much I wanted to see more single players and all that. Uh, one of the other things I like to see is co-op player versus environment. Kind of would like it where you could still play it by yourself, but I, let's say I love playing with friends... As long as you're playing not against each other. And unlike you guys in Ark where you'd drink me and throw me off a cliff. That was, <laughs> that was one time, and I'm pretty sure it's because you knocked me out in water. I also drug your dead corpse across the 
island. But moving past that, so that's that's what I'm I, I'm waiting on. We we've got to have a hard discussion about this if we want to go back to like seven days or if we want to move forward with a new title before I start up anything new because. My options at this point are wait for you guys on that, and I really want to do a co-op thing right now, uh, or start a new playthrough on The Witcher with the new game plus, and that's not going to go well. I'm going to just throw this out there: uh, Starbound. Um, it's a sandbox-style game, but doesn't matter if you play with people; you can still play by yourself, and then you can pull your friends into once you're ready to play with your friends. All right. Giggity. Giggity goo. <laughs> nice. Nothing says, you know, friendship like playing with each other. I do love playing with you guys. Yeah, um, we, we, we promise to be gentle, unlike what we did in Terraria to Cecil. Fuck you, dude. Just fuck you. In the A, with a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was brutal. Tunneling all the way down the hell, killing the wall of flesh, then going back up to the surface, summoning all the, the fucking bosses hard mode bosses <laughs> and leaving yep yeah bailing completely out i'm sitting there i've got like a, a bronze sword and, and like a helmet <laughs> like like and, that, and that's it i don't even think i have pants on and you guys are like bye yeah you were playing with someone too oh, at the, at, well at, the, at that time i was playing with myself because nobody wanted to stick around <laughs> you're always <laughs> playing with yourself <laughs> No, you had someone in there. We were trying to throw stuff at you, and the person was collecting it. Yeah, they took all the stuff we gave to actually would have given you a chance. <laughs> they took it and bailed. So, so we actually started to feel bad, tossed us some good equipment. The other dude took it and bailed, and we bailed. <laughs> and that's how the uh, Terraria game on mine just got destroyed. Yeah, I need to maybe... Start getting into PC gaming a little bit more because that seems to be all anyone else plays in this hey, Discord. Terraria is on Xbox and PS4 yeah. and PS Vita. It's all over the place, and I have a copy mm-hmm. on every single one. I so, have it on PC and PS4. I just feel like right now the community seems to be leaning a lot more towards playing in PC world. I don't know, like the Tarkov stuff I remember being... Oh, yeah, and there's a new the one out that's daily. called uh, Hunter's Showdown that we might want to keep an eye on, too. That uh, looks interesting. Well, in all fairness, the Tarkov thing, a lot of that was just Lord Sid and Daymok going back and forth, back and forth, and they'd do it at work, too. So it was just, they were constantly plotting there. Yeah, I, I, I played a lot of Tarkov with them. Oh, I know you did, too, but there was a lot of back and forth between the two of them just by themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the problem with Tarkov is that it's, uh, it's I don't want to say it's hyper-realistic, but it's very realistic, um, especially with the sounds of the weapons and stuff. And the biggest problem that I have with Tarkov is simply the, it, it's the, it's a network lag issue. More than, I can't tell you how many times I'd be sitting there, all of a sudden I'd hear the gunshot go off, and I'd be getting tagged, and I'd, I'd drop, and I'd look around, and I couldn't see a single person, but I'm getting tagged, and I'm getting killed, and I'm like, where the hell did they come from? Then I find out about uh, the netcode issues, and how there could be a four to five second delay from where somebody pulls the trigger and is shooting at you to the point that you see them, and I'm like, oh, well, that explains that. My thing is, I got this 4K T this 4k monitor and shit looks beautiful on it oh yeah oh yeah it's it's a game changer it ruined me i'm sorry it ruined me until i get a 4k tv 
I, I'm not going to use my consoles as much, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, my state of games this this turnaround is um is actually pretty pretty mild. I uh I haven't been playing all that much. I've actually been playing a bunch of Pokemon Go as of this nice. week. I uh, I kind of fell a little ill Wednesday evening, so I spent uh, I spent a lot of time just trying to force myself to rest and sleep. So I really haven't played too many games. Um, and we had the game night over the weekend, which is a super amount of fun. So, um, also, uh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. So uh, I'm not saying it's because you're sick, but yeah, that uh, Pokemon Go has been perfect for you because you could just kind of lay there and just hit the button. Pretty much, yeah. I got that little button pressing thing. I just keep hitting the button. In fact, it's it's really <laughs> great because I can get this motion when I press the button as I I just push it down. I just keep pushing that button down, and uh, yeah, it really works out with what I'm doing with my spare time. That it does. That looks familiar. Mm, that it does. That it does. Handful of loom pushing it down, you know. But yeah, on the Pokemon Go thing. Uh, this tomorrow actually is uh, an event. Yep the they're having uh, Dratini uh, yep. apparently out, and then they've got some Rayquaza raid and yeah, um, Kagori uh, and Goron join uh, Rayquaza whatever fucking weird ass names I th- for I think it's... a battle. Um, yeah, Battle Raid this weekend. Fucking shit's going down. I'm waking up early tomorrow morning to go to the park to do more of the, um, Drakini fucking capturing. Now, have you done any raids recently in a park and, like, seen, like, a lot of people in attendance? Um, when I was at the, uh, park last weekend taking photos... There was a shit ton of people there. I I didn't, you know, see any action on my screen while I was taking photos and capturing Pokemon, but there's a shitload of people there. Just not a shitload of people actually playing the game? I don't know. I mean, the gyms will go up, they'll go down, they go up, they go down. Oh, okay. There was no, like, raid in there where you saw, like, a group of people, like, actually participating in the raid? I I didn't see any eggs when I was there. Okay. In regards to the uh, the three that you just listed there, uh, Kyorgi, Groundon, and Rayquaza, I, I can't pronounce them either. Those are the uh, the legendary trio from Gen 3, uh, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald right there. So if you remember the box art, it's those three. Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, one of them's all about the earth, one's about the water, and one's about the air. Isn't, I'm that, a nerd. A, isn't that a group from the 70s? That's Earth, Wind, and Fire. That too. More or less. Okay, so next spot that we're going into. Uh, we actually kicked on a bunch of questions last week, and we got a bunch of questions this week, but a couple of questions came up that kind of aren't really game-related, but they could be game-related, depending on how you look at them. But they're, uh, they're questions that Damoc asked that we really just said we could make a whole show out of this. Um. So, uh, one of the questions that he came up with that just kind of, like, just just nailed us. We were like, well, crap, we could really just continue going on and on about this. And it was one that I, I really, I'd probably been thinking about for the entire week after we had talked about it. Um, which, which was, how do you know memories are true? 
Inception. Well, yeah, like watching movies like Inception or I think uh, Blade Runner was brought up about memories being infused in people and also watching, if you guys haven't watched it, Altered Carbon, um, about how they just literally take all your essence and all your memories from one person to the next and they just download you to this disc that's on the back of your neck. How about surrogate? Surrogate, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a whole that's a whole thing about that. How do you how do you actually know your memories are true? Like, really? How do you know? Total Recall, because they're shitty enough. Oh, jeez. Oh, we might be in over our heads on this one. Actually, <laughs> you could actually have really shitty memories infused in your brain. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting subject to think about. I know I was trying to compare this to um, Blade Runner. And what I was originally going to say would, would have been my argument was the deterioration of memories. Like, I remember a, a memory very vividly back 10 years ago of me when I was four. And I woke up from a nap um, looking out the window, uh, this big picture window we had in the family room. And the, it overlooked the pool in the backyard. And I remember seeing everyone out there playing. And I was going, oh, fuck. I've been out there having fun, and I've been stuck inside asleep. I'm missing out on this shit. I better go outside real quick. Um, And I remembered being able to say to my mother, yeah, I remember that one day you and blah, 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 and I list off all these names. She says, how the hell do you remember that? Like, I remember weird shit, Mom. And then now, wait, you know, all these years later, I believe my sister was one of the three or four people that was in the pool. And I cannot remember the rest of the people that were in there. But at the same time, it's like, it still goes back to the idea of how do you know that's actually your memory? And well, photos are a way to prove that, you know, like I was there. But, you know, maybe they can be altered and doctored. But I mean, I'm talking about 35 millimeter film here, not digital. It can be altered. Really? Anything can be altered. Yeah, that's. I mean, there was they were doing fit, uh, photo editing and stuff way, way before Photoshop was ever around. Yeah. I mean, they did manual stuff, film clipping or layering. Yeah, take a look at like Star Wars and how they did that. They didn't do any of that with computers. They did that all with old school yeah. special effects technology. Yeah, layering True. techniques are amazing. You could do ghosting or you do solid. On actual, like, in, well, yep, yeah, you create an actual film, yeah. Yeah, you can reburn film with like images uh, into it. Well, I mean, in all honesty, I guess you could continue to ponder and question whether or not these are actually your memories, or you can continue to just keep existing. I think this is actually uh, a concern going into so uh, early on in photography. Sure. Editing the photos would have been significantly harder, would have been easier to prove it's fake. But I, I feel that moving forward, if we get to the point where we can start reading memories and possibly adding them in there, at the first sign of it, the memories are going to they're gonna be like the first Photoshops. They're going to be bad. But as it gets on and on and on, I think it would be a real problem, much like you stare at a very good Photoshop. And you're like, well, that's, that's pretty good. That's convincing. I don't know if this didn't happen. Right, like, in that instance, I think of, like, Total Recall kind of thing, you know? Um, where you go in, you get this, like, vacation beamed into your head, then you come out, and then shit hits the fan, 
Because, like, hey, you just reprinted your, or I should say, basically re-imaged your brain. Yeah, and then you go into, like, I mean, you've heard some of the crazy theories out there. I mean, I say crazy. You've heard some of the theories out there. They can't can't be crazy because I can't really really disprove them, except for, you know, like, space photos. But you've heard, like, flat earthers and all that stuff, all those theories. Have you guys heard the theory about the brains in a jar? Like, basically a matrix thing going on. Oh, like psychopaths. I was thinking more along the lines of preserving the mind. Isn't that what they were, or is it the head that they were doing the freezing cryogen stuff? The cryo of the heads, yeah. Walt Disney's like that. There's an actual theory out there that we're not here. Everything that we're experiencing here is not real. We're actually just brains in jars with wires hooked up to them and that's it. Why do I be hanging out with you guys then? Because you have nothing better to do on a Friday night except for drink Mountain Dew that you left on your chair. Uh, that's actually the old case. The new case is over on the bench because I didn't grab it in time. So ha. Well, that's that's an interesting theory. And then I don't know. I remember a kindergarten not a kindergarten teacher, a fifth grade teacher was teaching us about lights and how we see stuff. And she said, you know, like. You know, if, you know, this is what we believe, how we perceive and how we see things. But for all you know, I'm a freaking rabbit. You are looking kind of tasty. All right. Um, If we're all brains in the jar, that'll explain why I got the craving I did for lunch and didn't even realize it. That fucker down there hopped into my head. Uh, Don't blame me for your excellent ideas. <laughs> Fair enough. No, but one of those one of those things that were really making me think about it that kind of made my brain stir is that every time I remember a memory, and I and I I feel that I have a pretty good memory of of events of things that go on. I mean, I can I can recall things that happened years and years and years ago. I mean, conversations that I had with people two decades ago, and I can remember them verbatim. But then I think to myself, am I actually remembering them verbatim? are there things that are changing in that memory and I just don't realize that they're changing in that memory? I don't know how much I can trust that idea that something's changing, especially when like multiple people remember it the same way. Well, that could be, but that's totally explainable because like the the mob, what's it called? The mob memory or the mob perception or something. Cattle infliction. Yeah. Maybe that's it where everybody, you know, you, you see a light in the sky and one person describes it as being circular and the rest of them just start saying, yeah, yeah, it was circular. When you actually take a look at it and you're like, you realize, oh, well, no, that was, that was actually just a complete line. There was no circular to it whatsoever. So, I mean, like when you get a group of people together and they're trying to recall something, a lot of people, that's why like when you get into a crime scene situation, they always try to separate people out right away and talk to them because if they hear the other person say something, it, you know, the, the fogginess in your brain goes oh well, yeah, what that if totally you have, makes sense but the thing is what if you're doing that but you also have hardcore recorded evidence of it being that same way you then go back to the whole thing with altering film yeah. and photo Who, who's to say that it didn't get altered so an interesting tidbit um they actually uh, in blade runner 2049 they actually showed the scene of a dream crafter creating a dream scene and the entire thing is in three dimensions. So 
whoever has this technology, that's what they can do is create this fictional setting within a three-dimensional space and then take multiple entry points, each of them being a unique memory of a different point of view, but it's all still a shared memory, and then implant that into, say, ten people. So they can sit there and discuss it amongst themselves, and they still see it the same way, just from different angles. So, for instance, on this whole, like, dream crafting stuff, if we are the memories being put into someone else, now, the history of each of those persons, would they be, like, generated as well as the initial memory being implanted so that there's context to the mentality of each individual? The, I think the way, the only thing that really changes based off your previous memories is maybe the feelings you experience from it. But I think when you would reflect on your, the point of view planted in you, you'd basically apply a new memory on top of it. So maybe the first time you see the memory, you're just like, that seems a little bit off. But maybe it rewrites memory. Because every time you remember a memory, you're just remembering the most recent time you remembered it, apparently. That's some kind of weird sciencey stuff they did. So that's why there's memory degradation there. It makes sense, but that's that's the thing is like we don't have to the people in this room, if we were going to think of, you know, try to not get too conspiracy crazy on this, there is no technology that exists right now that I'm aware of and that I don't think anyone here is aware of, uh speak of if you know I'm wrong, that exists where we can create memories in people so i'd have to say that for now we could believe that our memories are our own and assuming that we're not in the matrix we're not in some jar where things are being fed into us or altered or whatever we're given what to think or what to perceive i'd have to say that our memories are our own because there's nothing out there that can prove that this is not, in fact, false, nor that anything false can be created in terms of memory. I, I want to be the conspiracy theorist here. The person that takes control of the first device that allows you to alter or implant memories can then use that on the people that created it to make them forget that they created it. Therefore, they're the only people that know about it. It's literally the one thing you can't keep secret because anybody that learns the secret, you can make them unlearn the secret. Men in Black. Just a little There's a flash. thought. There's a thought. Well, also, if you, if you think about it, there is technology here that we have that can create a memory. We're doing it right now. Well, yeah, it's called video. It's called audio. <gasps> it's all your what? perception on what's going on and what's happening. You can remember, or you can make a memory out of out of almost anything. And people can actually implant that into your head just by simply, I mean, you've heard of subliminal messaging. People yes. can implant stuff in your head through subliminal messaging. Like all of a sudden you're sitting there going, man, God, I, I really crave a cock right now. I've never had that before. It's because somebody <laughs> implanted it in your head. I've been trying to get you guys to vape doing born. this. How about uh, craving some, uh, mm, some of those good old, what do you call them, Cecil? M&M's? No. Nice potatoes. You know where I'm going with this. Hash browns. Runny eggs. Oh, an Irish breakfast? No, the hash browns I always get you to uh, buy instead of the grocery list for your wife. (laughs) 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 
I really had no clue where you're going with that. I'm just going to blame me being completely doped up on on, uh, on NyQuil right now. I've been trying to get you guys to like start vaping subliminally. Subliminally? Subliminally. That is a really hard word to say. Subliminally? Subliminally? Subliminally. I don't blow fat clouds, brah. English is my second language. Terrible English is my first. Well, we've got a uh, a slew of questions from the community. So thank you, Damoc, for that one because you know what? I really did uh, that. Really, really did make my brain kind of twist around, and I'm pretty sure you yeah. read it off of a friggin' a website somewhere. But still, great question. Go ahead, D. We can yell at him tomorrow. The, I was trying to look for it, but it was something brain. I forgot what the term was. That's what I've been looking up this entire time. But um, there's actually a hypothetical uh, solution to the Fermi paradox. Which ties into this. Oh, tell everybody what the Fermi paradox is. Well, the Fermi paradox is if, say, we're supposedly, by the numbers, by the math, by statistics, there should be a bunch of intelligent life or life all over the universe. Why haven't we seen it yet? Why hasn't somebody talked to us? Where is it? That's the Fermi paradox. And I think it was the Boltzmann brain. I've been trying to look for the uh, the term and I forget. But one of the solutions is that we've already completely run through and it's like near the end. And all of existence is in this giant planet to star-sized computer, and everything is just generations of simulations where we all think, feel, but we're nothing but simulations. Uh, simulations. We're simulations. all just running. Yeah, simulations. We are all basically conscious computer code. Yeah, basically, yeah, they're just rerunning stuff just like a simulation to basically figure stuff out, and that's what our existence is. All right, you said that, and instantly in my head, I just had a clutch pop in. Like the the clutch from my Mustang, or what are we talking about? No, the band. Oh. The band. The band made a Mustang? Zero, zero, one, one, zero, zero, one. Oh. Yeah, no, I was just fucking with you. Well, we've got a, we got a ton of questions here again uh, that we got to get through, and this one's actually not just from Damoc, so... Um, but that is an interesting kind of concept of everybody being a simulation with and with how we're kind of stuck at this kind of like point in the information age where things really aren't like growing as exponentially as they were, you know, a decade or two yeah. ago. That uh, that could be there could be some merit to that. And they're rotting it with quality. So the first question that we had come up was actually from Gravemind. And his his question was, with all the controversy that the big three publishers have been recently, uh, Star Wars Battlefront with EA, uh, Destiny 2 with Activision, and over-marketing of Skyrim for Bethesda, which is probably the least of the three, do you think a big change may be coming to mainstream gaming? Maybe even a crash? All right, let's start with you, Blue Shark. What you got? Honestly, I think it's already happened. Um, we've already come to a change in where video games went from being created by a studio and published by someone else or being self-created by a studio and self-published by themselves to a world in where you have these top games being developed by these companies who no longer, in my opinion, are valuing the gamer and they're instead valuing the stockholders and the board and being reporting to those people making sure that they're bringing in money that stocks going up and that the people who bought stock in this company are making money instead of it being about keeping gamers happy and content as whiny as our generation is becoming 
and our community is becoming. You know, I feel that we've gotten to a change where it's we're at a tipping point where we're either going to go down a road with these guys where they're going to take our opinion and put it on the bottom floor and put everything else above that in favor of the stockholders or we're going to get to a point where they're going to start moving us up and moving the stockholders down and try to find some way to balance this and i think we're going to see potentially some companies start to drop in value because some are going to tackle this effectively where they find a way to keep these people happy and make money but still keep us happy and not screw us over and then other companies are going to go this way more and they're going to i'm sorry this is a audio podcast not a video podcast but they're going to raise the stockholders up and kind of bring us up but it's still at the end of the day they're going to fail because we're eventually going to be like, well, fuck you, because these people do it better. All right. All right. What about you, D? What's your thoughts on that one? I agree partially with uh, Blue Shark. Uh, we're definitely hitting a changing a change to the scheme, but I don't think there's going to be any type of crash. Now, with regards to the AAA uh, publishers, there is a big push to you know microtransaction everything and, and pay to win and pay to win, and people are getting rather sick of that. As you can see, the backlash over Battlefront and EA especially um, – but I think the change is that with all these AAA publishers trying to get you know bigger and better and graphics and everything else and the gameplay suffers and it's all online and microtransaction, I think the backlash has already been happening is where people are turning elsewhere for gameplay. That's why you see such a rise in the indie scene where a lot of people are turning to all kinds of indie games and getting a lot of value out of that. You're seeing pretty much anybody can create an indie game. Um, obviously, the few actually succeed in creating a decent game and actually make any money at it, but you're going to see a, a rise in popularity in, in indie games, which we are, and um, you know smaller publishers, uh, which are going to take the risks, uh, do the interesting thing. And there's also been a more peak that I've seen in uh, nostalgia in, in old school and retro games, and not just amongst you know those of us that have been around since the days of Atari, NES, and everything else. I'm hearing about you know kids that are teenagers, you know, in high school, you know, that I'm friends with the parents and. Their kids are getting into and starting to click the retro now, and they're sitting there saying, wow, this is actually a lot of fun. And meanwhile, I think, of course, the the, the AAA publishers aren't going to sit on the laurels. I think they're going to dial back this stuff. And while microtransactions can make a lot of money, they're probably going to dial back where they hit that equilibrium of the balance where basically it's not bad enough where people are going to get up in arms, but just lazy enough to pay and everything else. So I think it's going to kind of hit a a point where a lot of these AAA publishers are going to start backing off and, f- and refocusing. And also, it, it, for the sake of the stockholders, they are going to refocus what their priorities are. Otherwise, they're going to face going out of business. Some of them may be a little bit more stubborn, like EA may suffer a bit more before they learn their lesson. But Yeah, so I actually, when I read this question, I, I thought about it a lot. And one of the things that uh, that kind of came to mind was if you go back to like the 90s, let's say, you had... Uh, basically every company was what today's indie companies are. Um, I think of companies like Trilobite, Interplay, really the big name companies of the time, but they were the equivalent of what we have now for indie companies. And I think video games have become such big business that um, it's it's almost grown too big for its britches. Uh, and with the paradigm shift that gaming has now done, which has been, you know, before... It was, and I say before, 
you know, a couple decades ago, gaming was you released a game and that's what you got to release. Uh, of course, it was a lot more simplistic than it is nowadays. So there wasn't exactly, you know, like a game changing bug or a game breaking bug. It was there and people just learned about it and learned to avoid doing that one thing. But usually the bugs were just so obscure that, you know, they didn't really matter unless it was like E.T. or something. And then that whole game was a bug. But, uh, you know, with the paradigm shifting now where it's release and post patch, um, a lot of companies, I think, have just fallen back on that where they can really ramp it up, release something that's really technically garbage, and then just post patch it on the other end. Now you go to the indies. Now taking that whole paradigm shift that I just talked about there, now you go over to the indie world with things like uh, Steam Greenlight. Um, you've got early access. Uh, you've got even companies that are just pulling stuff out and making it on their own and jumping it in. And they're doing the same thing, but they're doing it from a different angle. They're just saying, hey, look, so here's our game. Here's what we're releasing. We want you guys to help us because we don't have millions of dollars to dump into a game for Q&A. We need you people to help us. And I think like that's what I think you were talking about, D, where the indie yeah. gamers are really starting to get a rise because... Now, like, I think of quality of work, and you can make a really, really great game. I mean, I, there are still games that I love that look, compared to nowadays graphics, look horrible. Uh, I can go back to any of the old Final Fantasies, 2, 4, 6, 7 even. But, but even, to, even take 7 out of the mix. Let's just take all real modern age Final Fantasies out of there. Let's just go back to the old school 8-bit, 16-bit. Those games had a ton of story in them, and that's what we're finding from these indie titles. Now, the only thing that I'm, I'm, I'm he hesitant on with the indie titles is that because anybody can make them, you get a lot of... Uh, the equivalent of shovelware. Yeah, a lot of shovelware. That's a great... That, that's, that's, that's the term, I think, is the best term. You just get a lot of shit. You get a lot of stuff that it looks good, or somebody can throw together quick, like... Uh, a great for instance i love the damn game but it's so so broken seven days to die i love the game yes. it's got a lot of great concept in it but they basically didn't change any of the major assets that you get with the base engine and that's the thing that bugged the hell out of me is because there's so much that you can do with it so much more that you can do with it. like step forward into tarkov escape from tarkov using the same engine it has a completely different look a completely different feel to it but if you know about it, if you know that they're using the same engine, all of a sudden you start saying, oh, well, hey, there's this that you can do, and there's this that you can do, and oh, those work the same way. That has the same feel. So I don't know that we're going to get a, I don't think that we're going to get a gaming crash. I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of, you're going to see some big titled um, companies that are going to stick with it, like Square. Uh, you're going to see Square stick with it because their their focus is on producing quality games with quality audio and super quality all over the place. Square also has a form of um, indie portion of it that it supports as well. Yeah, and I think that's where the developer titles... And Microsoft X and a game studio, but Square does actually. So I think some of the major publishers may start dipping into uh, the you know indie on the side too. Well, it's even like Sony with their first party titles. I mean, like Naughty Dog. You know, they're making. There, there are still going to be a bunch of 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 gaming companies that are going to be making great quality games. But whenever you say indie games nowadays, a lot of people use that as a dirty word. Like they're like, "Oh, that's an indie game." But take a look at, uh, like for instance, take a look at Hellblade: Soul Sacrifice. That game's an indie game. 
And that game is amazing. Yes, it fucking is. That game looks amazing. It feels amazing. Um, the combat is pretty damn fluid in it. Now, it's not perfect, don't get me wrong. But it's it's like for an indie game. For for when you say the word indie and you get that thought of indie in your head, you look at Hellblade, Soul Sacrifice, and that doesn't seem like an indie title to me. That seems like an arm of a girlfriend reaching across and grabbing a vape. Yeah. Yeah, she. I guess I'm not vaping anymore the rest of this episode because I didn't change her cotton before we started this. Oh, God, it sucks to be you. Retribution. I deserve that. Outlast. Another one. Yeah, Outlast. I mean, there's a list of games that go on. A lot of the walking simulators, Kohat, I think it's a K-O-H-A-T or K-O-H-L-A-T, is another one that looks amazing. It really, like, the graphics in it, everything about it feels and looks amazing. Layers of Fear. I mean, these walking simulators are, are just truly that. They're walking simulators, but they've used them in such dynamic ways. Fire Tower. I mean, all these games are great quality games. Um, but you put the word indie on it, it almost feels like it's a dirty word until you start talking to other people that get it, that are either A, they're old school gamers, or B, they're non-prejudice gamers. Like, they're they're not the, the Call of Duty whores, that I like to call them. Um, <laughs> they're not the ones <laughs> that are Uncle looking Fox. for that next game to come out and just play it because everybody else is playing it. They're looking for a game, a good quality game. Oh, what's 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 wrong with waiting for a game to come out? You can shoot people with your bros. What's what's wrong with a bro shooter, bro? There's nothing wrong with a bro shooter. It's just when the bro <laughs> shooter comes out, they just have a different iteration of it every single year, just so that they can make money. And really, it's the yeah, same but, game as yeah, last cash year. Cash grab. Yeah, cash uh, grab. Or they fix it every three months uh, with DLC to finish the game and charge you for finishing the game. <laughs> But I mean, at least at least with Destiny, though, like they made in Destiny One. Now, don't don't get me started on Destiny Two. But on Destiny One, they made progressive <laughs> improvements as they went on. I mean, they they realized that, the, and you, you took it with a grain of salt. There was a lot of stuff that happened before Destiny One came out, and there was a lot of shit that happened as Destiny One came out. But as they progressively went on, you could visibly see that the team was trying. They were they were trying out different things, and they were making it work, and they were getting balanced down. And then, of course. They came out with Destiny 2, which they should have aborted in the womb, but, you know, <laughs> is what it is. They couldn't find the co-hanger. Pro life. Pro, 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 pro game. Game life. Sorry. Pro game life. These uh, bro shooters, brah, it, it, it's just <laughs> one of these things where it's the same game as last year, just new skins. Sometimes not even new skins. Yeah. Yeah, they're... Uh, I, I have to say that I'm not a fan of stuff like that. Like, I, I love social gaming as much as, you know, I, don't, I mean, are we are we social group? I think we're pretty I social. I would like to think um, so. I'm somewhat social. I, I'm like uh, our friend Shadow down in the corner here. Um, I prefer a solo game over a multiplayer game any day. Nobody puts Shadow in a corner. I believe I was referred to as autistic about 20 times this week. Oh. I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I um, can't really draw well either. I was gonna say now if we're if we're going social, <laughs> I, I would say that we're pretty social because I mean I've licked Shadow's arm, um, I've Ew. slept in your bed, Blue. Ew. Uh, Wait, you did? Shh. Just let just let it happen. <laughs> you were asleep. It's all good. I was the big spoon. Uh huh. 
<laughs> um, I was gonna say um, I I I I've, I've dropped these kids. I don't know, not really. I'm joking. I didn't actually drop your kids. <laughs> Liar. Oh, oh, I was about to say, I, I was feeling a little bit better that it wasn't only me. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, thanks for taking that away. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think we're pretty damn social. Yeah, so the social gaming world is great. And if, you know, it turns into, a, you know, playing a bro shooter, that's great. But then you, there's also Monster Hunter World, which is turned into a great social game. And that's usually where I'm getting drawn to when... As long as the story is good, like I got tired of Call of Duty Black Ops, and I just just like when three came out, I was like, and so I'm not touching it. Infinity, eh? I looked it up on YouTube. It's alright story. Still want to buy the game just to play the rest of it, but it's like when they just rehash things. I'll agree with you. It's it's the worst in my opinion, but when they put some quality story together it sometimes in my opinion helps to hide the bugs well yeah a great example is is like um like skyrim like what elder scrolls has been doing what bethesda has been doing with it now now yeah skyrim has been really over marketed but skyrim was a really really great game and had a lot of content to it and i think a lot of major companies are going to have to try to shift down that realm where you're getting more content, you know, more even though even though it's a perceived content. Oh, let's uh let's wait for that. Somebody's playing Zelda. You all right there, Zyber? You know, mic mute does yep. work. It, it does, it, it's a button. It does work. I don't have mic mic mute. It fucked with my computer. There's a button on your mic that mutes. Well, yeah, like that. <laughs> but you made me install that shit. Marker. So anywho, so um. Yeah, a lot of the AAA... I don't even know where the fuck I was going with that. Next question. Uh, so, now from Daymok, we got a bunch of questions from him. Holy shit, I hope these don't turn into friggin' episodes again. Okay, so, who decides what morality is, and is it okay to not be moral in video games? Whew. All right, all right, Cyber. I, th- I think you got this one. I am never moral in a video game. I just let loose because I can't let loose in fucking real life. All right, all right. So Shadow, there we go. What, what, uh, who decides what morality is? Well, culture decides morality. But as far as the uh, the, is it okay to not be moral in video games? Um, recent events and whatnot. So in a video game, as long as a video game is coded by some somewhat decent people, uh, you run into this in Skyrim and The Witcher. You attack somebody in the city, you gotta fight your way out of it. Uh, I, I think it it could be a good reminder to people that may or may not need it that if if you act in an immoral fashion, consequences happen to you. So I think it might actually be a helpful measure for some people to get a, a dose of reality at what could happen if they're not going with the cultural norms. Okay, so culture does define morality and uh, society as a whole. But in a video game, you can have a couple things for morality. You can have moral choices, like with um, in The Witcher, if you choose to do this, you can save this person, or you know, you can end up killing this person or killing this group. But there's another aspect that I think we haven't touched on, which is um, conduct. So conduct as far as talking to people in an open world game using keys um, like when you talk about 
Warcraft, you know, where everyone can see the chat. That's not, you need to be moral there. And just because you're hiding behind a keyboard, in my opinion, doesn't mean you should talk any differently. Uh, when it comes to um, hacking a game to in order to give you an unfair advantage or other people, I find that to be a, it's not a moral, it's not a, you know, it's, it's an immoral act. And that's not okay in a video game. About morality, you're all wrong. It's the programmer of this simulation. He's decided it. <laughs> and and as, as far as, like, say, uh, how to behave morally in a video game, whether it's moral or not, whatever, I would say if it's a social game, like, you know, like you said, whether it be Call of Duty stuff where you could talk to people or whatever else, you should behave with some decorum and be respectful. However, if it's a game where it's just, like, a single player where you could do everything you want, like Fable, eh, fuck off all you want. It's fun. Nobody gets hurt. Right. And, like, Skyrim, you could kill pretty much every last person in that game that isn't a pivotal NPC and not have any repercussion other than not be able to ask them anything. Okay, so early in the game, there are significant repercussions. Later in the game, yeah, once you're level 50 or above, then yes, you're fine. But early on, when you're still learning the rules of the world of Skyrim... You steal something in front of a guard, he's going to wreck your day. Well, there's also a great point that you bring up uh, with Fable D. Um, so in that <laughs> game, you actually have not only worldly repercussions that happen from you doing something, but you also have physical repercussions that happen. So if yeah. you are an immoral person in the video game, you actually will start to see your physical form show of you know show that you know you go from just looking like an average human being to all of a sudden your hair falling off and you getting horns and having like this flame crown going on i mean i i know when i play video games i usually always take the good guy route the first time off i don't know why i think it's just me and then i'll go back and say well the completion of completionist of me wants to go back and get the rest of the stuff but i find it really really hard to be a dick in video games (laughs) i don't know why I think my brother should have recorded him playing uh, Fable, my brother Adam. I think he'd have the world record for how quickly he turned evil. It was fast. I can believe it. It was... I I remember watching him play, and I was like, I've played Fable, dude. I'm like, where's all the people in your game? He's like, I killed them all. I I own the whole of the cities. I'm like, how far are you in the game? Because your guy's like already the devil. You've got no hair, nothing but horns. You look sinister. Is like, yeah, I'm maxed out. I was like, how the fuck you do that? Well, I just remember in Fable that uh, I I took the nice guy route up until one point. I finally got married in the game, um, and I was I was the good guy. I was I you know I had the white hair. I looked all 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 nice and godly and all this other stuff. And I'm I'm roaming around and I said, all right, time to get married. And I went over and I got married. So it was the you know the wedding night and and the the consummation of the marriage and all that. And uh, it fades out for a second for the sex scene, and then it comes back up, and all of a sudden she goes, up, oh, short and sweet. And I just looked at her and said, well, you're dead. Chopped her head off and kicked her head around town for about 30 minutes just for the hell of it, like a soccer ball. <laughs> wow. Uh, she hits you in a very, very personal place. I just looked at it and went, really? Short but sweet? Well, I guess that's done. And like everybody was scared for about the first 10 minutes. And then I just literally was kicking the ball past kids. And I really think that the game was programmed to try to get them to join in because I was kicking that thing around like a soccer ball. You know what? My follow-up comment, not going to top that. (laughs) All right. So next question. Um, What 
role does honor play in today's society outside of video games? That's actually a really, really deep question. A really interesting question, too. Um, let's start. D, let's start with you. What you got? Uh, I see pretty much a lack thereof these days. Except for like a few outstanding individuals, I'm seeing a serious lack of it in general society or, or decency in general. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I think honor is a... It, it used to play a lot larger role, but I mean, in video games, honor is kind of one of those, it's kind of one of those weird, like, thieves guild type of things. You know, when you, when you roll with your, your buddies or you roll with your clan, just there's, there's that kind of sense of, at least from the experiences I've had, there's that kind of sense of camaraderie that you have there and, you know, you back your, you back your people. But I can, I can agree. I see a lot less of it, um, as the days go on. I mean, I saw, I, I could remember being a kid. And being in Yonkers, and uh, I'd see the uncles come over, and they'd be talking about something, and one of them got slighted somewhere, and they literally would all get together, and they would go take care of things. And they all came back, and they all had each other's back, and they never backstabbed each other, and it was just kind of one of those one of those things that you were a close-knit group, and, and you, you took care of each other. And I see, you know, what's the funny thing is I actually see a lot more kind of, uh, I guess I guess the term would be honor, from former military vets like i just i get that 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 sense out of them that they just you know i don't want to say that you know hey you're a military vet i trust you right off the bat trust is one of those things that it's really kind of you got to earn it with me you don't just get it right off the bat but i find that vets tend to get more trust quicker with me because they have that same sense of of i guess honor that that honor that brotherhood that's that's where i still see it but Civilian side, I'm not seeing a lot of it, unfortunately. I learned to take care of my own. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's how I grew up. I mean, one of the things that I grew up with is family is family, no matter what happens. Family is family. So family, you can get pissed at them. They can, you know, you can get to a full-on fist fight, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, you're going to sit down, you're going to have beers, your family, whatever it is, you know, and you don't, you don't shit where you sleep, basically, so you don't fuck over family. That's the way it is in the military for the most yeah, part. And I think that maybe that's why it's just kind of one of those things. Yeah, it's um, it's unfortunately a dying art um, that our society doesn't seem to have as much. And I want to say, without getting too political on this crap, I want to say that I'm seeing it more in the parents not enforcing kind of some sort of rules. It's more of make the kid happy, make the kid my best friend, make him love me, make him never look at me as though I've done him any wrong. Instead of enforcing that kind of, you know, rules and regulations that help develop a person into being a caring individual and respecting individual. So they respect other people. So then they have the honor and, you know, they treat people that way mm. and show them the same respect. Kids these days need a little Italian grandmother to wash their damn mouths out or smack it with a wooden spoon. Straighten this shit out real quick. My grandmother quick. used to throw kitchen knives at me and my brother and just say, go on, you're beating the shit out of each other. Go ahead, kill one another. There it is. And we'd look at each other and go, well, shit, do we actually fight this or what do we do? <laughs> Grandma's scary. Fuck this, we run. Uh, my thing is kids are too quick to say, hey, I'm going to pull that CPS card because that's what they teach us in school. Yeah. What's a CPS card? Child Protective Services. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. yeah. Sorry. Like, hey, you know, mommy yelled at me because she didn't buy me a toy at the grocery store. You know, I'm going to call CPS because I, 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 I feel like I've been traumatized because I got yelled at. Fuck that noise. Well, I mean, kids need a nice belt on the bottom every once in a while. I think I have the solution for this. act up like that. I think I actually have the solution for this. We start sending Tide Pods to every household marked for the kids, and we just let it just just filter its way out. We just, we just let it solve its own problem. Just don't send them to my house. You see, my kids aren't going to eat the Tide Pods, but I'm sure they'll stick it in my food. Yeah, well, hey, one way or another, <laughs> it, it works its way out. Dude, you wouldn't die from a Tide Pod. Are you kidding me? The shit that we ate as kids... Cyber, why'd you yeah. have that so close to your uh, recording studio there? <laughs> you you <laughs> well, stack some, it on those? The older generations are a little bit tougher than others. Deadly, uh, you die in the hospital bed for today's generation. For us, snack time, you know? What you don't know is I shoot uh, snuff films on the side. With Tide Pods. And since Tide Pods are the rage these days. Uh, you probably can put that on Pornhub. Oh, Jesus. All right, so next question. Right next to the nuggets. Next question we got is, what do, peop- uh, what do people strive for after enlightenment? I got the answer to that one. I don't think anybody needs to do more weed. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Decent blowjob. <laughs> no, no, the thing is, once you reach enlightenment, you just want more weed. Just, just keep the weed coming. And not that lace crap either. Just keep the weed coming. I've been there on the weed kick. I say a decent blowjob. Yeah, but what if you're a chick and you've reached enlightenment? Decent clit job. It's still a, just a job. You got to give some face. What you got, Blue? You just got to ride a face. More acid. Oh, yeah, there you go. More drugs. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. There's the answer to the question. Once you've reached enlightenment, <laughs> what are you looking for? More drugs. <laughs> You're looking for more drugs. More drugs till you die. All right. So if, okay, so here's the last one from Damoc we have. If you oh, could send crap. a message to the world... What would you say in 30 seconds, excluding dicks out for Daymok? Well, that goes everything I was going to say. I got one. What you got? Please ban Daymok from Ask Your Questions. <laughs> That's what you tell the world? N- yes. All right. I could see that. What about, what about you, D? What do you got to say? Eat more Tide Pods. So, people, um, life is valuable. Um Respect your parents. Respect your elders. Time's up. Uh, Stop being a bunch of dicks. Really, seriously, just fuck off. Like, if you really feel that bad about yourself, go talk to someone. Like, stop being such a douchebag. Stop being so disrespectful. And um, just uh, think about having that shit come right back your way. All right, Zyber, what you got? Damoc, your partial's in the mail. That's weird, but okay. I like it. I guess the world needed to know about it. Yeah. Yep. The world holds its breath. Yeah. I, I don't think, uh, I honestly don't think there's anything that I have to say that the world would be interested in. So uh, I would just, I would probably just go with dicks out for Damoc. All right. So next question we have. This one I think is from Zyberblood. Um, Explains why it's so nasty. What would you rather a fart that smells like food or the smell of a newborn baby and that, and that just came out of a vagina smell? newborn baby food 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 yeah i don't want to get a hard on from a fart <laughs> uh, uh, was that was that too much sure. was that too much 
<laughs> I think you already get hard-ons from farts. Look, between between Blue Shark's voice and your friggin' video, I'm going to have to go see a physician because this hard-on is not going to go away after four hours. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, my. Oh, my. All right, so I think we're all, I think we're all good on food. Uh, if you could only have one Pokemon to make life easier, would you choose Pikachu every time? Oh, this one's from you, Shadow. Aw, Shadow made a question. Aw. I made two, actually, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Let's, uh, Shadow, would you choose po- Pikachu every time? No, I'd choose Raichu, actually. Uh, Pikachu may be the, the face of the organization, and Raichu gets a bad rap out of it because it's, it's evolution, but I, I prefer Raichu 9 out of 10 times. No War Turtle? Do love War Turtle. Dragonite. All right. Fly everywhere, and when people piss me off, fucking Hyper Beam, bitches. Well, well, I'm going with my uh, mean mean guy. Um, I'm going with uh, Charizard. All right. Any reason, or just because you like lighting shit on fire? Dude, I love burning shit. Hey, I, I can go with that. So and I like nice. salamanders. I'd go with uh, Mimikyu. Oh, it could just turn into any friggin' Pokemon? Or is that Ditto? Mm. No, no, it's uh, that's that would be uh, Ditto. Is that the clown one? That's Mr. No, Mime. Clown, yeah, that's Mr. Mime. Uh, and the one that you that can turn into anything is Ditto. No, Mimikyu is... It's basically wearing a Pikachu costume, and oh. nobody knows what's underneath, but it's some demonic force that you, you, you'll you lose your sanity if you peek under or something. It's some really dark-ass shit. It's, it's a Gen 7. And that's going to help you in life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to make yeah. his life entertaining. All right. How wouldn't this shit help All right. me? Um, yeah. Well, I guess I'm going to go with... Uh, I, I, Jesus Christ, I don't even know what I'd go for. I'd probably go for something water-related, like Magikarp or something. And all I'm going to do is flop around on the weekend anyways. Garatos. If you're going to go Magikarp, may as well go Garatos. Yeah, I know, but I don't I don't like enunciating that word that way. So, I'd have I would have to go with I would have to go with uh with Magikarp just cuz I You had like 8 hours to prepare for that question too. I know. Well, I I like Magikarp. I always get Magikarp first off. I bit, I read the question to you before you saw it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, so next question. Um if Cecil Xavier makes fun of you, is it really an insult? No, no, he loves you. Nah. Now, if I'm making fun of you, it means I, I probably want to rub my penis on you. That's what makes it hurt so much harder. You said hot. Oh, Jesus. He wants to rub it right between your nipples. <sighs> All right, man. It's Italy. He was making fun of me when I asked that. I, I actually was, mostly because you did your lack of question marks and, uh, and poor form, but hey. Yeah. So, Shadow, where can people find you at, man? Uh, MorganBS.com. All my uh, affiliate links are under the about. Rock on. You all on major places? Instagram, Twitter, whatnot? Yep. Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Very nice. Cyberblood, where can people find you at? Well, you can find me uh, palling around on the GNA Discord. You can find me streaming on Mixer under uh, Cyberblood. You can find me on the Cyberblood Twitter, GNA Twitter, uh, GNA Facebook. Um, Zyber Games Facebook you name it Zyber Blood 10 to 1 it's me if not it's some 7 year old kid that's a real douchebag and needs to stop using my name so still you well I guess <laughs> could be never know I mean shit sometimes I get so drunk where can people find you at D 
Well, you can find me at uh, Microbrew Gamers with a Z instead of an S on YouTube, uh, .com for my website. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, on the GNA podcast. I've got my own pod, or <laughs> GNA podcast, GNA's Discord. I'm, I've got my own Discord. <laughs> and of course, you can usually find me trolling Cecil. Yeah, usually. And soon to be Shadow. Blue Shark, where can people find you at? Yo, it's your boy. Oh, sorry, guys. I said I was going to stop doing that shit. Um, I'm Blue Shark 45. You can find me on uh, Discord as Blue Shark 45. Uh, generally, most Discords that are deemed entertaining and fun for me to troll people at or fail miserably at trolling those people. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter um, at Blue Shark 45. You can find me this weekend. Of course, you're listening to this on another day. So this was this past weekend. You could have found me had you paid attention or had you been watching on Mixer and Twitch streaming as Blue Shark 45 and The Blue Shark 45, where I will be playing Monster Hunter World. I'm sorry. What was that? I wasn't paying attention. It's okay. That's why we record it. I'm sorry, I was looking at my phone. What was that? Wait, where are we? Oh, Cecil, where can people find you? Yeah, where can find you? <laughs> I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me at Cecil vs. Games on Twitter, as well as Cecil Xavier almost everywhere else. Facebook, um, Discord. You can also find me right here on the GNA Podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Reviews on iTunes help people find the show. So if you enjoy listening to us, let other people know. You can also find us on Android with Google Play Music and Podcast Addict. Add, uh, Stitcher, Player FM, Spreaker, MyTuner, Your Listen, and wherever else you want to find us, uh, let us know. We're not there. We'll upload there, too. You can follow us on Twitter. At, just search at GNA Podcast, all one word. Or join our Discord chat. See that pinned tweet. We're on Facebook as well. Again, search at GNA Podcast, and you will find us there. We've been playing and hosting people on our stream feeds, uh, twitch.tv forward slash GNA podcast, mixer.com forward slash GNA podcast. We're a proud member of the New Japan K community. Check out our good friends, uh, Brian Langell at What's the Finish and Meter's Friends Gig. He's got this cool gig going up called listennotes.com. It's kind of a form of Google for podcasts. It allows you to search things as deep into the actual episodes themselves. So go check that out and support Meter and his friend. Um, we want to thank Morgan BS Photography for our new logo and artwork. We love you, man. Thank you so much. We hope to see some really great stuff coming from you in the future. Go check him out at morganbs.com. Email us at gna, GNA podcast at gnaandyourdna.one with questions, comments, death threats. We don't care. We just want to hear from you. We're lonely. All we get is these Arab princes telling us that, uh, that we got some stuff going on. And huge shout out to Shadow for the review on our Facebook page. Thank you very much, man. And don't forget to check us out <laughs> at www.gnapodcast.com and uh, we're going to be editing that website up a little bit and making some things happen. So, Thank you guys for joining me tonight. I had a great time. Even though I was sick as a dog and I've been sucking down whiskey, to, whiskey with lemon. Still had a great time. Absolutely, brother. Um, I'll also like to say... Uh you know our our humble thing. Like to throw that in again. Thank you. Our uh, our friends over there, uh, jo- letting us get this partnership with them. Have a great night, guys. Have a good one. Have a good night, one. Night, all. Bye, bye.